0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Use Not Liberty for an Occasion to the Flesh. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. A quick note this week. Last week, we started using a new and first ever four-channel soundboard or table. This is connected to a five-option audio conditioning piece as well. I am still working out the correct sound levels and everything else that is inclusive in such a minimal setup. Moving on. Last week, in our episode, Love is as Strong as Death, we learned how love is considered to be as strong as death. What love could be so strong? Could it be that love is so powerful, it really is as strong as death? Simply, nothing more, nothing less. Is it the same love by which we are saved? Furthermore, if this love is that strong, how do we know we are? have it. In this episode, we will examine how we are not to use liberty for an occasion to the flesh. In some Bibles that title different sections, this passage is titled, Practice Love. That is a very profound title. Scripture starts right away with a dire warning in the first verse on this subject. The second verse on this subject tells us how the whole law can be summed in one statement. You must love your neighbor as yourself who is my neighbor we will start looking in scripture for you were called to freedom brothers and sisters only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to indulge your flesh but through love serve one another for the whole law can be summed up in a single commandment namely you must love your neighbor as yourself however If you continually bite and devour one another, beware that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh has desires that are opposed to the Spirit, and the Spirit has desires that are opposed to the flesh. For these are in opposition to each other, so that you cannot do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious—sexual immorality, impurity, depravity, idolatry, sorcery, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish rivalries, dissensions, factions, envying murder, drunkenness, carousing, and similar things. I am warning you as I had warned you before. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live by the spirit let us also behave in accordance with the spirit let us not become conceited provoking one another being jealous of one another galatians chapter 5 verses 13 through 26 Chapter 6 continues the thought pattern set in motion here first. However, we have plenty of scripture for us to look at with the time we have available. Look how commentary opens on this passage just quoted. Freedom from Jewish rites and ceremonies. The meaning here is that all wished the false teachers removed because true Christians had been called unto liberty and they were abridging and destroying that liberty. They were hot in subjection to the law of Moses or to anything else that savored of bondage. They were free, free from the servitude of sin and free from subjection to expensive and burdensome rights and customs. They were to remember this as a great and settled principle. And so vital a truth was this, and so important that it should be maintained, and so great the evil of forgetting it, that Paul says he earnestly wishes that all who would reduce them to that state of servitude were cut off from the Christian church from barnes new testament notes while the entire context bears importance there are still some things that still stand out first with the first passage and second in commentary galatians chapter 5 verse 15 says this beware that you are not consumed by one another This can happen so fast it is virtually undetectable until you are way too involved so it stands out as something wrong. This is why the full verse reads, However, if you continually fight and devour one another, beware that you are not consumed by one another. This is a famous sidetrack from anything because we are so easily deceived by it every time it occurs in our lives. In instances like this, it can last a lifetime if we do not fully secure it where it belongs. Verse 17 tells us why this is. For the flesh has desires that are opposed to the spirit, and the spirit has desires that are opposed to the flesh, for these are in opposition to each other, so that you cannot do what you want. Notice how this verse ends so that you cannot do what you want. Anything outside this portion of Scripture is a deception. We think we are operating in the total freedom when we are, in fact, not. Not how this verse speaks of the contradiction. It opens with, For the flesh has desires that are opposed to the spirit, and the spirit has desires that are opposed to the flesh. It is then simply reasserted in the next comma-to-comma passage where it says, For these are in opposition to each other. Why? So that you cannot do what you want. We are totally free, yet we are also constrained. Just how does that work? Commentary has some interesting insight on this confusing subject. The expression, quote, cannot do, end quote, is stronger by far than the original, and it is doubted whether the original will bear this interpretation. The literal translation would be, lest what ye will, those things ye should do. It is rendered by Doddridge, so that ye do not the things that ye would. By Locke, you do not the things that you propose to yourselves. And Locke remarks on the passage, Ours is the only translation that I know which renders it cannot. The Vulgate and Syriac give a literal translation of the Greek, so that you do not what you would. This is undoubtedly the true rendering, and in the original, There is no declaration about the possibility or the impossibility, the ability or the inability to do these things. It is simply a statement of fact, as it is in Romans chapter seven, verse fifteen, and verse nineteen. That statement is that in the mind of a renewed man, there is a contrariety in the two influences. Which bear on his soul, the Spirit of God inclining him in one direction, and the lust of the flesh in another. That one of these influences is so great as, in fact, to restrain and control the mind and prevent it doing what it would otherwise do. That when there is an inclination in one direction, there is a controlling and overpowering influence in another, producing a conflict which prevents it and which finally checks and restrains the mind. There is no reason for interpreting this. Moreover, as seems always to be the case of the overpowering tendency in the mind to evil, as if it taught that the Christian was desirous of doing good, but could not, an account of his indwelling corruption. So far, as the language of Paul or the fact is concerned, it may be understood of just the opposite, and may mean that such are the restraints and influences of the Holy Spirit on the heart." that the Christian does not the evil which he otherwise would, and to which his corrupt nature inclines him. It affirms as a fact that where these opposite principles exist, a man does not do the things which otherwise he would do. If a man could not do otherwise, than he actually does. He would not be to blame. Whether a Christian could not resist the influences of the Holy Spirit and yield to the corrupt desires of the flesh, or whether he could not overcome these evil propensities and do right always, are points on which the Apostle here makes no affirmation. His is the statement of a mere fact that where these counteracting propensities exist in the mind, there is a conflict, and that the man does not do what he otherwise would do. From Barnes New Testament Notes We need to read that last statement again. His is the statement of a mere fact, that where these counteracting propensities exist in the mind, there is a conflict, and that the man does not do what he otherwise would do. That is a powerful summation of all that was said above that. I think it can be better explained with this commentary passage. So that ye cannot do the good that ye would, which may be understood both of evil things and of good things. The former seems to be chiefly the apostle's sense since the whole of this text is a reason given why those who walk spiritually shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, because they have a powerful governing principle in them, the spirit, or grace, which though the flesh lusts against and opposes itself unto, yet that also rises up against the flesh, and often hinders it from doing the works and lusts of it. There is in regenerate men a propensity and inclination to sin, a carnal eye that wills and desires sin, and wishes for an opportunity to do it, which when it offers, the flesh strongly solicits to it, but the spirit or the internal principle of grace, opposes the motion. And like another Joseph says, how can I commit this great wickedness and sin against a God of so much love and grace? It is a voice behind, and even in a believer, which, when he is tempted to turn to the right hand or the left says, This is the way, walk in it, and will not suffer him to go into crooked paths with the workers of iniquity. And so sin cannot have the dominion over him because he is under grace as a resigning principle, and the old man cannot do the evil things he would, being under the restraints of mighty grace. This is the Apostle's principal sense, and best suits with his reasoning in the context. But, inasmuch as the lusting and opposition of these two principles are mutually and reciprocal, the other sense may also be taken in as that oftentimes by reason of the prevalence of corrupt nature, and power of indwelling sin. A regenerate man does the evil he would not, and cannot do the good he would, for he would always do good and nothing else, and even as the angels do it in heaven, but he cannot, because of this opposite principle, the flesh. From the new John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. That should explain things better for us mere mortals. Commentary's final remarks speak straight to this when it is said, by reason of the prevalence of corrupt nature, and power of indwelling sin, a regenerate man does the evil he would not, and cannot do the good. He would, for he would always do good and nothing else, and even as the angels do it in heaven, but he cannot, because of this opposite principle the flesh. Our spirit aligns well with the Holy Spirit. However, our flesh does not. It is our portion in this life. Before heaven, where we have the opportunity to shed the flesh. Not that this is an easy task by any stretch of the means. We are constantly frustrated by our desires and spiritual wants. Even after as long as I have known God as a born again Christian, I still know better still my desires of my. Flesh. Doing what the flesh wants is so much easier than what the Holy Spirit inside me also wants me to do. I can also tell you, with all manner of certainty, I have no stake in the quote, right thing, end quote. Because of my upbringing at home, I have certain abilities that others, even like me, do not. Possess. This is why it is so important to abide in what we are taught, that which we know is correct and right. Otherwise, we are more than sinners, so to speak. It is bad enough we sin and know it not. It is worse when we sin only because we know it is wrong, do it still, and fall nonetheless. We fall, and some of us even enjoy the fall. How deceived we truly are when caught in such a state of being. This is why we need to be more forgiving of each other, but in the pure sense alone. It is not as simple to avoid as it seems when it is simply stated. It is like the flavor of our favorite food. It really tastes good to us who enjoy it. To others, they may eat it because it is a necessary dietary requirement. Probably a poor analogy, but I think you know where I'm going with it. We still have a lot to learn despite how much we think we already know. Yet, with the simple logic we tread down and beat down our brothers and sisters when we think they are wrong doing wrong or operating in the wrong however you interpret that it still has the propensity to be wrong it is real important to be more cautious when pointing out a sin not that such good things should not be praised they should nonetheless it is important to keenly know the difference between the good of the Holy Spirit in us and that which is sin. Some of this is easy. However, some of it can be so close and yet so obscure, we need to take more time than we actually think we need. All too often, we judge faster than we pray. Sometimes, if we prayed more before qualifying sinful behavior, we just might find that we need to only partially correct a person instead of harshly correcting them. Which is better to you? To partially correct a person and send them happily on their way? Or to harshly treat the same person so we feel better about ourselves? Meantime. That person seeks to work out condemnation that is either far more minimal or not even there at all. So, what do we do? This is why prayer is such a cornerstone to our work with others, why we cannot rush in with accusation and even innuendo. God may well have something for that person we cannot see. A strong arm in place of a harsh hand does far worse than what God will do with only a harsh hand. Maybe far less than is required, since it is early and only a few strong words will be the guiding principle to keep the brother or sister on track to serve God. Commentary stated they were free free from the servitude of sin, and free from subjection to expensive and burdensome rights and customs. They were to remember this as a great and settled principle, and so vital. A truth was this, and so important that it should be maintained, and so great the evil of forgetting it, that Paul says he earnestly wishes that all who would reduce them to that state of servitude were cut off from the Christian church. From Barnes New Testament Notes. There it is. Simply stated. Settled. Vital. Important. And great. The evil of forgetting it what did paul say according to barnes new testament notes paul said he earnestly wishes that all who would reduce them to that state of servitude were cut off from the christian church commentary said they were to remember this as a great and settled principle do not forget this principle commentary said of that so great the evil of forgetting it who would have thought forgetting something in the kingdom could be an act of evilness yet it is we do not treat people as acting evil When they forget something, but forgetting this is evil. Commentary also smartly said The former seems to be chiefly the apostle's sense, since the whole of this text is a reason given why those who walk spiritually shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, because they have a powerful governing principle in them. THE SPIRIT, CAPITAL S, OR GRACE, WHICH, THOUGH THE FLESH LUSTS AGAINST AND OPPOSES ITSELF UNTO, YET THAT ALSO RISES UP AGAINST THE FLESH, AND OFTEN HINDERS IT FROM DOING THE WORKS AND LUSTS OF IT. I THINK WITH THAT COMMENT YOU CAN SEE It is not impossible to do godly and incredible spiritual things. However, if our eyes are only and even solely on the flesh alone, we are set to fail in our godly pursuits. Being kinder to not only our brothers and sisters in Christ is greatly important. More still, being kind to strangers not knowing where they come from, is also a good thing, especially if we ever intend them to be saved of grace and the force to what God is doing in this world. I think the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible said it nicely. It is a voice behind, and even in a believer, which, when he is tempted to turn to the right hand or the left, says, This is the way. Walk in it, and will not suffer him to go into crooked paths with the workers of iniquity. And so sin cannot have the dominion over him because he is under grace as a reigning principle and the old man cannot do the evil things he would, being under the restraints of mighty grace. I think Joseph said it best when commentary quoted him. How can I commit this great wickedness and sin against a God, capital G, of so much love and grace? Next week. March is a five-week month. This will allow us to examine the five elements of the statue in the Old Testament. Our series will be titled, The Cities of the Statue. Play or download next week's episode titled, The Cities of the Statue, Part 1, from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all electronic Boston based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description for more information check out our mobile tablet and desktop compliant website it is a subdomain hosted at site123.com that is s i t e 123.com our site link is unchurched site123.me this website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item this year we have decided to go with making pinecast our primary host as we move away from podomatic for more information Listen to our year-end update for 2019. Until then, we will continue to post our podcast on our current primary host found at this short link. is.gd forward slash uppercase i k lowercase l uppercase y x lowercase s. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase Church of the Un-Churched to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note. Please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore host all podcasts on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com or to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you to the only wise God through Jesus Christ be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.